Good morning, church. So I'm, I'm going to join Dave to say thank you to the worship team, especially for the last song. All of my life you have been faithful, and all of my life you have been so, so good. Coincidentally, anyway, there is no coincidence when it comes to God. Today is a special day in my, in my family. Um, today is my wife's birthday. Sorry for putting that on the spot. <laughs> All right. So if he, if he bump, how old is she? 18. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if he bump into her, she's um, putting on um, probably the only lady putting on a small hat, red hat. Just wish her happy birthday, okay? All right. Great. Fantastic. All right. Good morning to um, our online worshipers as well. All right. Let me let me ask this question quickly. Um, how many have been blessed so far with a series in the book of, of, of Acts? Hallelujah. All right, I believe I've, we've been stirred up, encouraged, challenged, and probably motivated at the same time. I personally have been really blessed, and I've been, I've been really encouraged. Not just encouraged. During the, seri- during the series, I personally got a mandate you know, which I will be, you know, sharing with us and encouraging the church, even extending it to the church or inviting the church to, you know, to come along to work together on this mandate. Uh, so the, the series on the, on the book of Acts uh, was kicked off uh, by our dear brother Uberson back in April on the 16th to be precise. So, so the big idea... Let me just quickly go through that. So King Jesus establishes his kingdom. That was after his resurrection when he, when he resurrected, right? And there was a, there was a mandate, uh, just like we, we read in the book of Acts chapter 1 from verse 4. I'll read that quickly. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. Verse 5 now says, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now this is where the mandate is. Verse 8, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So Mark put it this way. Mark, John Mark, just like we know. Mark 16, 15 to 16. And he said to, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Hallelujah. So that's exactly the mandate that Christ gave to his disciples, to his followers, to do what? To evangelize, to testify, you know, to non-Jews, to Jews, right from Jerusalem, and they were mandated to extend that beyond, you know, their base, Jerusalem, Samaria, and other places. Hallelujah. So that was the mandate that they got given. So my focus point today will be mainly on evangelism, right? Evangelism 
is our primary assignment. Or you can put it that evangelism is our supreme task as believers. So that will be my main focus today. Let's have a quick, a short prayer. Father, we bless you once again for bringing us together in your presence this morning. We are so grateful. We pray that you will speak to us. We pray that we'll be encouraged, we'll be blessed with your word this morning. And we pray that our hearts will be receptive to hear what you've got to tell us this morning. And at the end, we shall have a cause to return all the glory back unto you. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Acts chapter 14 actually concludes the first missionary journey of Paul. Um, before we get to chapter 13, end of chapter 13. So basically, Paul went to three main cities in the book of Acts chapter 14. Right. So he went to Iconium, Lystra, and Derby. Right. So these three cities, back in the days, they were located in the southern part of Galatia. So the book of Galatia that Paul wrote was probably written to the churches that he planted when he went to those cities then. So they are probably planted during those times. So um, in the modern day Turkey, so these cities are located somewhere around, you know, Turkey. So Iconium is somewhere called Konya. If you are interested, you can check the Google map later on. That, that's in central Turkey. And Lystra is in somewhere called Kilistra. And Derby is somewhere called Kati Oyuk. So those cities still exist today but with different names. So we're going to be looking into mission to Iconium, then mission to, they call them um, the Laconian cities, Lystra and Derby, and then um, discipleship, then applications and actions. All right, going to the first mission, which is mission to Iconium. Before we read the passage, is a long, we've got a long passage overall, but I'm going to split them into three or four parts, I believe. All right, before, before I start reading um, Acts chapter 14 from verse 1, there was something that happened prior to that in the book of Acts chapter 13 from verse 49, I will read. And the word of the Lord was spreading through the whole region. This was when they were in Antioch in chapter 13, Paul and Barnabas. So the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region, but the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas. And what happened? They drove them out of their district. But what did they do? They shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Despite the persecution they, they faced, in Antioch, they might have thought, the people in Antioch might have thought, oh, they've shut the door to the gospel. They've stopped them from, you know, preaching the gospel. Guess what these guys did? They went straight to Iconium, another city. I believe it's all part of the plan of God, right, for the gospel to spread across at the entire nation, the entire world, as the mandate was given. Now let's read from verse 1 of 
Acts chapter 14. And this is what happened when they moved to, to Iconium. Now, at Iconium, they entered together into Jews synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. When an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it and fled to Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding country. Hallelujah. So there, there are some key events that happen while they are at Iconium. Again, emphasis is going to be on evangelism. Remember, it's our primary assignment. So as you can see in, in, in verse 1 of that chapter, the first thing they did when they got to Iconium, they went straight into the synagogue. And they what? They spoke in a such way that great number of Jews and Greeks believed. Despite the opposition that they faced in Antioch, that didn't stop them from continuing with the mandate which they got given. That in hinder them, you know. You would have thought, oh, that would be a stop to spread the gospel because of their, their encounter in Iconium. Oh, sorry, in, in Antioch. But no. They continue to preach. They continue to teach. They continue to, you know, make disciples. And the Bible says a great number were added unto them. So making disciples is one of their, you know, their key assignments. Now, again, they are not, there's another key thing that happened in verse 3. It says, so they remained for a long time. That's quite interesting. There was an opposition against them between Jews and Gentiles, which is quite weird. Ordinarily, Jews and Gentiles, they don't get along. But on this particular matter, they were united. And they are able to, you know, walk against the, the brothers. However, they remained for a long time, in verse 3, still preaching. Still encouraging, probably, the young believers, the new converts. They didn't leave them alone. Despite the opposition they, have been, they are facing right in, in Iconium, that didn't pull them off. That didn't stop them from continuing with their assignment. And God, to his glory, he used them to perform signs and wonders. That's a byproduct. It's a secondary assignment. That's not the main thing. But sometimes, signs and wonders are needed so that people can believe. And this is what Jesus said about it in John chapter 4, verse 48. John 4, 48. So Jesus said to them, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. However, and ultimately, it is the Holy Spirit who will convict. It's not the signs and wonders. But sometimes that's needed for people to believe. Opposition came, as we, as we read in verse 2, but they remained. 
in verse 4 as well. The people were divided, one-sided the Jews and some with the apostles, but they still remained. But when they got to know that there was a plan, a plot to stone them, they applied wisdom and they fled. They led the city. But even by the time they, there was an opposition from Gentiles and, and Jews, they still remained and they were teaching them. They were encouraging the young converts. They didn't allow whatever danger that may be around them to stop them from, you know, preaching the gospel. So again, we could see persistency. We could see perseverance. And we could see that total commitment to that mandate. Hallelujah. So that's what happened in Iconium. Now, when they, they heard about what the persecutors are about to do, they fled and they went to Lystra. Now going on to, to Lystra, again, let's please take Take note of the key events that happened when they moved to Lystra as well. So the first thing they did when they got to Lystra, from verse 7, they continued to preach the gospel. They continue to preach the gospel. They are not relent. They are not tired. They did not give up. They continue with the mandate. And verse 8 says, now it's getting more interesting, verse 8 from chapter 14 of Acts. Now at Lystra, there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul speaking, and Paul looking intently at him, and seeing that he had faith to be made well. Firstly, we can see that they pursued their primary assignment when they got to a new city, Lystra, which is evangelism. Now again, signs and wonders happen there. But the Bible, Paul, um, Luke was so specific about the miracle that happened there. There was a man who was looking at Paul. And Paul noticed that this man had faith to be made war. Again, what does that tell us? What does it tell us? Hallelujah. So there's something unique about this miracle. Faith. This man had faith. Faith is a prerequisite for healing, for miracle, sometimes, even not, if, if not most times, or all the time. Faith, or we can say, is the vehicle, or the fear, the gas, for miracle, or for signs and wonders. Remember, when Andrew preached a couple of weeks back, this is what he said about faith. Trust of faith, the size of a mustard seed, is sufficient for us to see the incomp incomparable power of our king. Hallelujah. And I remember we, had, we got given, I still have my mustard seed somewhere. That's what we need sometimes. Faith for us to receive our miracle. Faith for us to receive our healing. Faith. For us to receive the transformation that we are expecting. And that's what Paul saw in this man. He could see it that yes, he had faith to be made well. And to God be the glory, he was made well. That very well. That very day. And this is what Jesus had to say in the book of Matthew chapter 17 verse 20 about faith. Matthew 17 20. And Jesus said unto them, 
because of your unbelief. For I verily say unto you, this was when the, the apostles, his disciples, when they couldn't cast out the demon, right? And they went to him, why can't we do it? He said to them, because of their unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, that mustard seed is coming back again, you shall say unto this mountain, remove ends to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Faith to remove mountains. Faith to conquer whatever challenges or opposition that we might be faced with. Faith is very important. Going further, something unique also happened, right? From verse, verse 11 in the, in the city of Lystra. So when the crowd saw that Paul had, what, what, when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in Lyconian, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. So Barnabas, they called Zeus, and Paul, Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. They are mistaken for gods, Jupiter and Mercury. That's quite interesting. In that particular city, back in the days, I think there was a myth, there was a legend that the gods, Zeus and Hermes, came to that city looking for hospitality. However, there was no one ready to show them love, show them hospitality, except for a couple, for a whole couple. Those couple took them in, and guess what? Again, this is just myth. It's a legend. The entire city of Lystra was destroyed, except for this couple. So that was their belief. So they now thought, oh, the gods are back. So this time around, we need to treat them nicely. We need to treat them well. So when they saw this miracle, what did they do? But when the apostles, okay, sorry, verse 30 now, and the priest of Zeus, whose temple was at the entrance of the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowds. Remember, they were talking in Lyconian language. So Paul and Barnabas didn't know what they were talking about, not until when they started making sacrifice. Verse, verse 14, but when the apostles and Barnabas, but when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of it, they tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd, crying out, men, why are you doing these things? We are also men of like nature with you, and we bring you goodness, that you should turn from these vain things to a living God, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. So they began to worship them. But instantly, Paul put a stop to it. And he told them, we are just mere mortals, just like you. And he told them, turn away from these vain things, this worthless thing. I want to ask you today, what can you fit in under worthless thing that you are probably focusing on or that is distracting you from maintaining your relationship with God? Or what have you turned into gods, into idols that's taking priority over God or over seeking the kingdom of God? What is that thing? I will encourage you this morning to turn away from those things. It's up to you to search your heart, to search your life. What are the worthless, worthless things? 
that you should do away with. So Paul told them, in past generations from verse 16, he, allowed, he was telling them about God. He allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. Yet he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving us rains from heaven and first, first fruit seasons, satisfying your heart and with food and gladness. Even with these words, they scarcely restrained the people from offering sacrifice to them. So they still went ahead to offer this sacrifice. Despite Paul's attempt to stop them. No, they couldn't stop them. But this is what happened. <laughs> from verse 19, opposition again. It seems everywhere they turn to, they are faced with opposition, persecution, tribulations. Verse 19, the Jews came from Antioch, this is, this is quite interesting. So Jews, some Jews, they walked all the way from Antioch. That's over 90 miles. From Antioch and Iconium, where they already planned to, you know, to stone them. So some Jews came together, and they came over to this trial to meet them, having persuaded the crowds. And what did they do? They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. Another persecution, stoning. But verse 20, this is what verse 20 says. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to, Derb, to Derby. That's, for me, again, that's, that's unbelievable. Back in, in those days, if they stone, they stone to death. They don't usually miss it. Right. You, you know about Stephen. They are not throwing pebbles. They are throwing stones. So they might have probably stoned Paul to death. But Luke didn't say that. But he said they left him for dead. They are experts in throwing stones. They are experts in stoning. So we don't know really and truly if Paul died, but when the apostles gathered around him, maybe they prayed and there was a miracle. But to the glory of God, he got up, and what did he do? He went straight back into that same city. These guys are crazy, and they do crazy things for the Lord. He went back straight into that city. Right. My child to you again this morning, how dogged can you be for the Lord or for the things of the Lord? Can you demonstrate your resilience? Can you persevere in the midst of challenges? It could be personal challenges, difficulties. How persistent can you be as well when it comes to seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness? Just like Matthew told us, Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be followed, shall be added unto it. But unfortunately, do you know what we do? We put a cart before the horse. We seek all other things first. And the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. How persistent can you be? Or can you go? At what length can you go when it comes to seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Being a disciple 
of Christ calls for what? A total commitment. A total commitment. Not be lukewarm today and be hot tomorrow. No. As Christians, we no longer belong to ourselves, but to our Lord, for whom we are called to serve and to suffer sometimes. And if you are, if you are here two weeks ago, I think um, Doug Virgin said that as well. Believers, there will be oppositions, there will be tribulations. Anyway, so once the, the Jews came and Paul was stoned and he was left for dead, the, the disciples gathered around him, they, they prayed and they went back into the city. Then this is what he did again. Persistency. Perseverance. Verse 21. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium. They went to Daddy. They preached as well. They didn't talk much about what happened in Derby, but the key thing again, you could see that they went to Derby, they also evangelized. They preached, they taught, and they, they made disciples. That was their primary goal. That was their primary assignment. They kept going for the Lord. You know, they kept you know, winning souls into God's kingdom. They kept fulfilling the mandate. And this is what Paul did, you know. When they ended the first missionary journey, right, right at Derby. The Bible says in verse 21, they preached the gospel in Derby, and they made many disciples, right? Now they returned to Lystra, <laughs> back to that city where he was stoned, left for dead, and returned again. Can you, can you people see what I'm seeing eh? this is, is This is just unbelievable. These guys are sold out for Christ. That's, let's just put it that way. They are completely sold out for Christ. You might be saying, oh, I'm not Paul Apostle. I'm not called to go that extent. But let me tell you, those guys, they've laid the foundation. Right? They've prepared the ground. And they've now passed the baton on to us. To continue because we are told to take the gospel to the whole world. You are a disciple too. I'm a disciple. Every believer is a disciple. So there's something also important. It's one thing to evangelize, to preach the gospel, but it's another thing to, to disciple the new convert. So Paul and Barnabas. They know that they had a responsibility to encourage the new believers, to support the new churches they planted in all those three cities. So what did they do from verse 21? I'll, I'll read from verse, 20, yeah, from verse 21 of Acts 14. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, that's in Derby, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. What were they doing? They were strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, 
and saying that through many tribulations, we must, we must enter the kingdom of God. Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. That's another thing probably we don't want, we don't want to hear as well. Tribulations, trials. But to be, it, it may come in different magnitude, in different shapes. But we thank God in the country we have, we can say we, 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 are not, we are not experiencing some type of persecution that some other countries are experiencing or opposition that some other countries are experiencing. But they will come. It may come in a different shape. But this is what Jesus says again about tribulations. John 16, 33. In me, ye may, ye may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. And this is the encouragement. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Even in the midst of tribulations, Christ has promised us peace. He has already overcome. So that's the assurance that we have in Christ Jesus. But tribulations will come. So Paul and Barnabas, they went back to nurture the new believers, to encourage them, to support them. And of course, to organize them. So they appointed what? They appointed leaders, elders. And from verse 23 now. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them into, into the hand of the Lord in whom they had believed. They were very aware that those new converts cannot be left alone. So they needed somebody who is going to take over in terms of leadership, somebody who is going to organize the church, so they put that in place. So what's the key takeaway for us here, right? It's one thing for us to go out and evangelize. It's another thing for us to disciple the new converts. We can't just leave them on their own, right? We need to provide the support and the, the help that they might need, even when it's convenient. And when it's not, when it's comfortable and when it's not, that's part of our, our duty. So we need to learn from Paul Apostle. Now, going on to, to application, just like, just like we can see, it was all about reaching out, evangelizing, preaching, teaching, and making disciples, winning souls. What is left for us to do as a church? So there is a corporate application at the same time, personal application. So there's one thing I'm going to say before we go into what that means for us. So in a book that I read a while back, The Slight Edge, written by Jeff Olson, this is what he says about application, about information. It's important the application is important. However, no matter how much information there is, and no matter how good that information is, the person consuming it doesn't have the right, if the person consuming it doesn't have the right catalyst, that we allow them to apply the information effectively, then success will still elude their grasp. So what's the catalyst for us to 
take this forward, the mandate that we've got given to go into the world and preach the gospel. So there's corporate application and there's personal application. So corporate-wise, so I've got the blessing of the header to share this and to extend this to, to the entire church. Just like we know, and just like I've mentioned, our mandate is to do what? To continue the great commission, the assignment that God has given to his disciples, which is evangelism, our primary task. So the action or the catalyst for us to, it's always good to, to get application, but I want us to move, move beyond application and get into action. So what are we going to do? Street evangelism. As a church, we'll come together. But how we're going to do it yet is still, you know, in discussion. And if anyone has got any great ideas on how we can do that, please feel free to reach out. So street evangelism. I know there are different ways in which we can do mission, in which we can reach out. But this is going to be our catalyst to fulfill the mandate, to take the mandate forward, the mandate God given by Christ. We can do it corporate at corporate level, and at the same time we can do it at personal level. And this is the challenge, this is the challenge I'm going to give everyone. Even right from today, talk to someone, share the gospel, tell someone about the love of Christ. And to help us do that, I came prepared. So I brought some tracts, which um, my wife is going to leave right at the, on the table right by the, by the entrance. Please feel free to take some of them. And as you go back home, probably just hand ones to any passerby. Or you maybe on your way to your supermarket or to your work. You know, reach out to somebody by giving them a tract. I know some people may say, okay, I know definitely there may be some reasons why people don't want to step out and evangelize. Now, I was talking to a dear brother yesterday, and he told me, he, he mentioned two things, fear and laziness. And there are many other things. Fear of unknown, fear of rejection, could be, lack of knowledge, we had procrastination again this morning. It could be procrastination. I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it tomorrow. But you never got to do it. But I believe if we come together as a church, iron sharpens iron. If one chases 10 or 100, two will chase what? 10,000. This, we can do it together. And talking about reasons for not doing it. This is where we need the Holy Spirit. Remember, Peter, he was timid before the Holy Spirit came. He denied Christ three times. But once the Holy Spirit came upon him, he stood and he preached. And 3,000 souls were won in single day. This was a guy who denied Christ three times. So it was by the help of the Holy Spirit that he was able to deliver his message 
and many souls were won into God's kingdom. Not that alone. There was a point they told him to stop preaching. And he told them, who do I listen to, you or God? This was a guy who denied Christ three times. We could see the work of the Holy Spirit in action through him. This is not a Pentecostal church. I would have said we should do, we should do some laying of hands this morning so that people will be charged and, you know, be empowered. But what I would encourage us to do, you can do that in your closet. Go on your knees and pray for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that will help us to overcome any fear we may have. Of course, if you want to preach the gospel, if you want to preach about Christ, you need to know about him. You can't talk about what you don't know. You need to have a relationship with him. That's another thing. And you need to maintain that relationship by reading your Bible, by praying to him on a daily basis. So that's my charge for us this morning. And um, I think I, please go to the next slide. To wrap up, let me just read um, this passage. It says that Romans chapter 10 verse 14. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? There are so many souls out there perishing. And this word is getting more perverse every day, just like we know. So we need to go out and save some souls. How would they hear? How would they believe if there's no one to talk to them or to preach to them? And look at verse 15. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? We've got the blessing of the, of the elders. Okay? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gold, the good news. So I see the song we sang, I see a generation rising up to take up their selfless place. That song fits perfectly well for this message this morning. So that's my encouragement. And on the last slide, I think I have my contact number there. So if you are ready and you are willing to be part of this new movement and you've got great ideas on how we can organize street evangelism, at corporate level, please feel free to reach out to me. That's my name, my email, my telephone number. We can do this together. Let's go out there and fulfill our mandate. Let's go out there and reach the unchurched. Let's go out there and reach the souls that are perishing. Remember, what we're doing, we are, we, again, let's just sow the seed. Remember what Paul said. Paul planted, Apollo watered. It's only God who gave increase. And I said it, Holy Spirit convicts. All we need to do is what? Do our part and leave the rest for God, for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit convicts. We just share the gospel. And to the glory of God, if we're able to get new converts, then we'll be talking about discipleship. May God bless us in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we bless you for your message this morning. Your words have gone out unto us. 
We pray for the courage that we need, the boldness that we need, just like we've been charged, that we need to fulfill our mandate. We need to continue that great commission that we should go out into the world and preach the gospel to every soul. Whatever it is that may want to hinder us, could be fear, it could be laziness, anything that is, we pray that you please fill us with your Holy Spirit to overcome those challenges. And as we pray now, close it. We pray that you please reveal yourself to us. And as we step out from here today, we pray for the boldness to at least reach out to one soul today by probably giving out a trap. And we pray that as we do this, Lord, you will perfect your work in us and in, your, in the life of your people. All this we pray for in Jesus' name.